Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, September 18th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts, and I'm your host, Travis Kocheski. Just me again today, like I said. Going to be me for a while. Uh, although, listening on Thursday, we might get something new coming uh, through the wires there. Um, but, uh, crazy week two. We have a ton of storylines we got to get into. We got boldest move of the week. Uh, oh, no, we don't have any. But we don't have boldest move of the week. We got a, a new segment we're going to debut uh, today. Um, got some baseball talk, some basketball talk, and a lot of question and answers. So let's get into it. Week two NFL was a crazy, crazy week. Starting off on Thursday with the Bengals defeating the Ravens 34-23. to The Bengals are legit. And I think this is a team that, I think the Ravens and the Bengals are the two teams competing for that NFC North title right now. Um, and I think that was clear uh, on Sunday. Because I think the, the Steelers are falling apart. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but Baltimore... And Cincinnati are two really good teams. I think Cincinnati's legit. Like I said, I think A.J. Green's playing out of his mind right now. Uh, Joe Mixon looks solid. John Ross are getting some production out of him. And uh, Boyd, their other receiver uh, from Pittsburgh, they drafted a couple years ago. Uh, so this team is looking pretty solid. Um, this defense is good. They got some good players on that side of the ball, like Geno Atkins and Dunlap, uh, two top defensive players. Uh, and if you can pass rush, you know, you can get to the quarterback, your defense is going to be pretty good. So the Cincinnati is something to watch out for. Uh, I know we'll, we'll get into a little bit more next week, but they play Carolina next week. So. It's going to be interesting to see how they stack versus a team that's, you know, kind of been revered around the NFL as a really good team, the Panthers. Um, but let's go to Sunday, Panthers versus the Falcons. The Falcons finally, they had a really bad week one. They should have beaten the Eagles, but their offense just wasn't there. But I think their offense really uh, came back in a big way, defeating the Panthers 31-24. to uh, Carolina looked good. They played good, but the Panthers, uh, the Falcons looked solid. They finally realized that they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. They got Calvin Ridley the ball. Um, he was able to score his first touchdown. Congrats to him. Uh, but it was a good game for the Falcons. And, uh, you know, the Panthers, they got to put it together a little bit if they want to, you know, win this uh, division again. Next game, Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. We had Josh Allen's first start. He didn't look terrible. They lost 31-20. to Um you know, he went, I think, 18 for 33, 245 yards. He had a passing touchdown to, uh, let me see here, Kelvin Benjamin. Um, he had two interceptions, though. He was sacked five times because this offensive line of the Buffalo Bills is atrocious. Um, and the Buffalo, I think this week, to really help confer to confirm this in my mind, the Bills and the Cardinals are the two worst teams in the NFL. Uh, it's funny you're not seeing the Browns there. But uh, we'll get into that in a second. But the Buffalo and the Chargers are the two worst teams. The Chargers, Buffalo and the Cardinals are the two worst teams in the NFL now. Uh, and Buffalo, we'll get into it. We'll get into the whole Vontae Davis thing in a little bit. I wanted to devote its own time to that whole situation because that was just a mess. Um, Minnesota and Green Bay. Uh, we'll get into the Clay Matthews hit uh, in a little bit here. Um, that's a question and answer. We got a question on that. Uh, we would have gotten to it anyway. Obviously, like I said, second week in a row we've tied uh, 29-29 in overtime because Minnesota's kicker can't kick the ball. Uh, again, we'll get into the kicker situation. That's, we got our own little time uh, spaced out for that. But uh, 
the Packers look good. They played well. Aaron Rodgers played on basically one knee. He made a lot of great throws. This team looks good. They had multiple opportunities to win the game. Mike McCarthy screwed it up a little bit at the end with his time management. Uh, and then, obviously, I think that Clay Matthews hit was complete crap. So, I think the Packers should have won this game. I think with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, they absolutely destroy the Vikings. Um but I'll give the Vikings credit. Kirk Cousins looked really good. And then Diggs and Thielen are one of, is one of the best one-two combos in the league. Um, next game, Browns and the Saints. My uh, my home team, I guess you could say, the Browns, living here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we watched that game. Uh, we have Sunday ticket, but we usually go to uh, BW3s to watch the Packers game so I could be watch it with our dad. And uh, we were sitting there, and obviously – a BW3s in Northeast Ohio on a Sunday, they're going to have the Browns game playing. There's going to be Browns fans there. I got to see the highs and lows of the Browns. I've gotten an, gotten an up-close-and-personal look at the highs and lows of being a Browns fan the past couple years living here. And let me tell you, Sunday was one of the best examples of that. That pass to Antonio Calloway was perfect. Um, and then you could kind of tell... Zane Gonzalez was going to miss that field goal just because it's the Browns. There's no way they're going to win this game. Uh, they had multiple opportunities, but they just couldn't close it out again uh, with problems in the kicking situation. They missed some kicks last week. They hopefully fixed that. They signed Greg Joseph, I think. Um, but the Saints, I think the Saints are looking pretty rough right now. This team, it's either the Saints are pretty bad or the Browns and the uh, the Chiefs are just really good, which is possible. Well, the Browns aren't really good. I think the Browns are struggling. Uh, but that defense in Cleveland's legit. But anyways, Saints got to turn around a little bit. I, I think getting Mark Ingram back will help out, help out a lot. Uh, but this team, there's something's off about this team. Um, then Miami and the Jets. Miami won 20-12. Sam Darnold did not look good in his second, second game. Uh, he made some decent throws, but, you know, all in all, the Miami Dolphins look better. Miami has a team, I think, this year. I think Tannehill is a lot better than he was in the past. Uh, so look out for this team because I could see them making some moves here. Uh, not winning the division or anything, but, you know, the team is... Uh, are they 2-0? Yeah, this team is 2-0. They're first in the AFC East. Tannehill's playing well. They got some weapons on the outside. They got a team, I think. Another team that has... That is just absolutely... So fun to watch, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat the Steelers 42-37. We'll get we'll get into the whole Steelers situation a little bit. We're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell and A.B. Uh, but uh, did we, we're going to talk about A.B. Le'Veon. Yeah, we're talking about Le'Veon a little bit later. Uh, but again, the Chiefs, that offense there in Kansas City is one of the funnest offenses in the NFL. From Pat Mahomes looking like the next uh, big thing at quarterback, Kareem Hunt's a good running back. Travis Kelsey's a top two tight end with Gronkowski. Watkins and Tyreek Hill on the outside. This team has a ton of weapons. The Anthony Thomas, this offense, this defense is a little shaky. And that's why I don't think people people are penciling them in as any sort of Super Bowl contender. Because they gave up, what, 40 points last week to the Saints and now 37 to the Steelers. But, I mean, if this offense can continue to put up points like that, it doesn't matter. But... They're going to need to find a little bit of help on defense. Eric Berry's coming back soon. That's going to help out a lot. Um, but he did tear his Achilles, so who knows. Um, but Pat Mahomes. My man Pat Mahomes is looking really, really good. Uh, he is, I think right now, the biggest thing in the NFL next to Fitzpatrick, which, again, we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. Cause all these things. NFL Week 2 had a lot of big storylines that I want to give their own time to, give their own little segment to. Um, 
Pat Mahomes, though, he, where he had 10 touchdowns in two games. He's only, He just turned 23 yesterday. He is the next big thing, and I think it was clear that he needed a year to sit, and it's clear that that has paid off for the, uh, for the Chiefs so far. Now, give NFL teams a little bit of time to figure him out. It may change. I, think, I don't think he'll keep this level uh, going forward. But having a coach like Andy Reid certainly helps a lot. It doesn't hurt at all. And uh, Pat Mahomes, he, that arm is amazing. He's just going to continue to thrive. And that offense is going to continue to score points. And this team is going to continue to win. So the other, the other quarterback that's taking over the NFL right now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, led his team to a 27-21 win over the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, who have been looking rough the past couple of weeks. Now, I think they'll get better once Carson Wentz gets back, but this team is still struggling. Uh, once you get Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey back, they'll look better. I'll give them that. But uh, the the Buccaneers look pretty solid right now. We got a segment about this a little bit later, so I don't want to talk about it a lot right now. But Fitzpatrick rocking the gold chain, letting the chest hair pop. He looks like a star. It's Fitz Magic all over again. I get it, people are waiting for him to fail, but I think he's kind of the case kingdom of this year. A quarterback that everybody's just waiting for him to fail, waiting for the game where he kind of falls apart and reverts back to what he used to be. But, I don't know. Fitzpatrick is just going to continue to perform. He's looking good. Getting Deshaun Jackson involved was a big deal. Uh, it, it helps a lot when you have a guy that can take the top off the defense like that. Um, and Fitzpatrick is getting the ball to him. So, next game, the Titans versus uh, the the uh, Texans. Texans are looking rough. They lost 20-17 to versus the Titans. Uh, a Blaine Gabbert-led Titans team. I know there's a little tricker, trickery. Uh, I like Mike Vrabel. Congrats to him on getting his first win. Uh, the Titans, I don't really know what to think of this team. I don't know what to think of the Texans. This, this, uh, this game really made you think, you know, about both these teams. Are the Titans good? Is Houston bad? We don't know yet. Uh, Deshaun Watson made a couple throws, but he also made a lot of mistakes. And, you know, he's looking rough in his second year so far. So hopefully he'll turn it around. Uh, we'll get into that more on Thursday with his next matchup versus um, the uh, Giants. Next game, Indianapolis versus Washington. Not a lot of buzz around this game. Washington looked good last week. So did the Colts, even though they lost. But Colts were able to win 21-9. Andrew Luck continues to look good back in his, uh, you know, Former spot as a starting quarterback of the Colts. He looks good. Rams versus Cardinals, 34-0. Absolute beating of the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams look like the Rams. Everybody expected them to look. Todd Gurley got a little banged up, but I think he'll be okay. Um, you now it's just us sitting here. we got a question and answer about it. One of the Cardinals going to put in Rosen because I think it's time. Bradford's just not getting it done, and there's no reason to start uh, Bradford if he's just not getting it done. When you have a guy like Rosen, you can just, you know, put him out there, bapti uh, baptism by fire. Uh, you know, the sharks are born swimming. Let him go out there and let him just impress uh, and do his thing. He's either going to swim or he's going to sink. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I want to talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, next game, 49ers versus Lions. Another game where, you know, the Lions and the 49ers both failed in their debuts. It was kind of a, you know, redemption game for both of them. And the 49ers won that 30-27. to Patricia is 0-2 right now. Uh, this team's getting a little, it's looking a little rough right now. I'm not, not going to lie. And uh, 
It's going to be an interesting season for the Detroit Lions. But the 49ers look good. Jimmy Garoppolo looked better. He didn't look great. He looked better. Uh, Matt Breida helped out a lot on the yard, on the uh, ground. Um, and the team looked good. Denver and Oakland. Denver got to win 20-19. Uh, I'm not sure what to think of the Broncos. They're 2-0. I get that. But uh, I don't think they're that good. I don't think Case Keenum's um, that great. I think their defense is a little shaky. Uh, Demarius Thomas had a lot of drops, uh, which is scary. The running back situation's a little, you know, finicky right now. Is it Lindsley? Is it Freeman? Is it who is who's starting in the backfield there? Um, and then obviously 0-2 John Gruden with the Raiders. That team is looking rough, although they did look better this week. Jacksonville versus New England. Jacksonville got the win 31-20. to Blake Bortles put, up, put on an absolute clinic, shutting down all the doubters. Every year, though, the Patriots lose, have one of these games where they lose big digits like this to a team um, that is possibly better than them. And, they, and everybody writes the Patriots off saying this is the end of the dynasty, but then next thing you know, they turn it around and they're back in the Super Bowl. So I don't want to overreact to anything of this game. I think Blake Bortles looked good. I think Blake Bortles is a very underrated quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he gets enough love. And, uh, you know, I think he proved that on uh, Sunday. Next game, the late game on Sunday night, Giants versus Dallas. 20-13, to uh, Dallas in favor of the Cowboys. Uh, the Giants got a lot of talent. This is a really good, solid offensive group and defensive group, but they just don't have an offensive line. Eric Flowers is not good at all. Uh, they really just are struggling to find a little consistency on that offensive line, and I think that's going to hurt them throughout the season. Uh, and Dallas, I think I still think, is trying to find their identity. I don't think they fixed everything yet. Um, I just think they beat a bad Giants team. I don't think the Giants are as good as everybody thinks. Last game, Chicago versus Seattle. Chicago got the win 24-17 last night. Uh, Matt Nagy's first career win as a head coach. Seattle, 0-2. Things aren't looking great. I know they'll be getting Doug Baldwin back week four maybe. Um, so that's going to help. But this offensive line is still rough. Khalil Mack so far is looking like a great deal for the for the Bears. Trubisky's looking competent. He's not great. You know, he gave up a couple interceptions um, last night. But the team's good. I think they got a lot of solid pieces. It's going to take a couple years, though. I don't think they're the Rams of last year like everybody was hoping they'd be, but they did look pretty solid last night. Um, you know, Allen Robinson's making a lot of catches. I think Allen Robinson's a really good receiver. It's just Trubisky struggles to get him the ball. Um, and uh, Anthony Miller got his first touchdown last night, a guy I'm really high on even though he is a bear. Uh, the team looked good. Khalil Mack looked solid. Like I said, he looks like that was a good deal for them to make. Seattle, they got to figure it out. I just think that, uh, you know, Russell Wilson was kind of running for his life a little bit last night. He made some questionable decisions. But the team looked decent. I don't think I'm ready to write off Seattle yet. They're 0-2, but I'm not ready to write them off yet as, you know, that dynasty is officially over. Um, but we're getting close. So now we're going to move on to our next topic. So uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, obviously, everybody knows Josh Gordon probably the most one of the most talented receivers in the nfl one of the most talented athletes in the nfl um but he has never been able to put it together due to off the field issues off the field drama um he's just a lost soul i think um somebody who just he doesn't know how to put it together um you know, I know a lot of us who you know aren't in the nfl look at it and just say you know 
that's such a shame because there's so many athletes who really have the drive and the passion um, that you need to play in the NFL, but they just don't have the physical uh, attributes or the or the talent to really compete in the NFL. Um, and you, they look at a guy like Josh Gordon who has all the talent, all the all the ability in the world to really become one of the greats, all-time greats, but he just can't put it together. He can't stay on the field for some reason. Um, I think that was really amplified again this weekend. Uh, so obviously we're going to take you to a t- timeline of, of events. So Friday night, I guess this is what this is my perception of it. Uh, is he went to some sort of promotional shoot at the team facility? Uh, the team, most of the guys of the team really weren't aware about. Um, and I guess this uh, the promotional shoot uh, included him running routes while a drone was filming him or something like that uh and somewhere in there somehow he he uh injured his he injured his hamstring sorry getting a little confused here he injured his hamstring and was uh came into the facility on saturday late um and told the team that he injured his hamstring um Nobody really knew how. I guess it finally came out that it was in the promotional suit, suit um, and they ruled him out for Sunday. Uh, come Saturday night, I'm sitting uh, at the restaurant getting ready to be seated. Find out Brown's plan to cut Josh Gordon. They just decided they want to sever ties with him. He's just been showing up late, and they're just tired of it. I think it was obviously a situation where they told Josh Gordon, listen, you're on your last leg. You make one more stake, you mess up one more time, we got to cut you, we got to let you go. Uh, and they really wanted to try and stick to their word. So unfortunately, they had to go ahead and cut him. But they realized they could probably get some value out of him, so they decided on Sunday to trade him. And they ended up trading him, trading him to probably, I think, the best place for him, the New England Patriots. I know everybody, everybody's so quick to hate on Josh Gordon. I mean, uh... On the Browns, you know, why would you trade him to the Patriots? Now it's just going to be another Randy Moss type of situation. But if you look at it from Josh Gordon's type of view, he's lost. He's a lost soul. He needs help. And I think the Patriots organization is going to give him the best possible opportunity for him to uh, really turn his life around completely. They're going to hold him to a different standard. Standard. They're going to cut him. They're, they're a team that's not afraid to cut talented guys or trade talented guys if they don't uh, conform to their standard standards. Uh, they're going to ask him to do certain things. They're going to ask him to be straight laced, and if he's not, he's going to be gone. But I think if he conforms to Belichick um, and Kraft in that type of situation, there. This is just going to be a great situation for him. The Patriots need a wide receiver, and Josh Gordon is a talented wide receiver. Um, so if he really puts his mind to it, he sits down uh, with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and they really you know, figure out what he needs. They give him the help he needs, and they hold him to the standards that he needs to be held to. I think that he could really has a good shot to turn his life around. But obviously he could come into the situation you know, completely opposed to changing uh, you know, players either do really well in the Patriots system or they fail because they just don't like to, you know, be held to all those rules and all those standards. Uh, so he's either going to succeed in this situation or he's going to fail. But if you look at on the field type of thing, if he, if he stays on the field, he stays healthy. I know he's playing week three. I think this is really going to be a, a great situation for the Patriots and they're going to be easily be able to turn this around because Josh Gordon and Tom Brady is a pretty deadly combo. Because like I said, when Josh Gordon's on the field, he's right there in the contention of best receiver in the NFL, you know, with uh, Odell, 
DeAndre Hopkins, Julio, AB. You know, he's right there in terms of talent. The thing is, he has to stay on the field. He has to stay healthy. And I think he will um, going forward uh, if he can stay, you know, straight laced with the Patriots. Next guy we want to talk about was Vontae Davis. Biggest storyline of the week in a week full of storylines. Um, driving home from BW3s, I see a tweet. Vontae Davis retires at halftime, tells the coach he's done, he's quitting, he's hanging it up, he drives home, and that's the last we hear of him. Sunday night we get a statement from him saying, you know, he just didn't feel like he could perform at the level that uh, people expect of him, and he wasn't going to waste a single second of the Bills' time, um, and he was just decided right then and there to go out and retire. A lot of people are giving him hate, and I understand it. You don't quit during halftime. If you feel like you really need to retire and you feel like you just don't have anything left in the tank, tell the team before the game starts, uh, well in advance before the game starts, or after the game, um, a Sunday night. Don't give up on your guys mid-battle. Don't quit on your guys mid-game because you feel like you don't have it. He played. He had a pretty decent first half. I know he gave up one touchdown. Um, but I guess it's just a culmination of you know you're getting your butts kicked, you know, this team, there's really no hope for this team. Josh Allen is a rookie. I get it. He's got a lot of hype behind him, but I just don't think he's ready to turn this thing around single-handedly. And it's going to be a couple years of losing, going to be a full season of these butt whoopings day after day, week after week. And I just, I realized Vontae didn't want to deal with that. Um, and he's been another guy, uh, all the talent in the world who really, you know, hasn't been able to stick with the team due to either A, injuries, or B, off-the-field personality problems. Um, I know that's why he was traded from the Dolphins uh, to the Colts, and then he was injury-prone on the Colts. And he finally made his way to the Bills, uh, where he played in a half a game, and then decided that it wasn't for him, and he decided to quit. Uh, I don't like it. Like I said, I think you don't quit on your guys just because... It gets tough. The going gets tough. Um, you got to fight through it. I don't think Vontae had the mental uh, capacity. He didn't have the strength, mental strength, to fight through it and fix those problems. So he just decided to be easier just to quit and just to hang it up. Uh, so I hope he, whatever he's looking for, I hope he finds it. Uh, whatever, you know, sort of path, you know, he is led down now. Uh, I hope he ha- finds success in that. Obviously, I don't think he'll ever be picked up by another team again if he decides to make a comeback because when you quit mid-game, that's a huge red X. Um, and I don't think he'll ever find another NFL start job anywhere. Um, so I hope he finds you know what he's looking for. Next storyline of Week 2 was the kicker issue. Obviously, we had a couple games were decided on kicks. A lot of players missed kicks. Carlson from the Vikings. Crosby, obviously, from the Packers. Um, and then, obviously, Zane Gonzalez from the Browns, which was the biggest issue. Uh, Vikings cut Carlson, signed Dan Bailey. Uh, and the Browns cut Zane Gonzalez and signed Greg Joseph, who was with the Dolphins in camp. Uh, went 3-for-3 three three in camp in preseason. Uh, but they decided to go with, who's their kicker there, Parkey? I don't remember. Um, they decided to go with the veteran. Uh, then, obviously, Dan Bailey was cut in favor of the rookie. Um, and people, he was the biggest name out there because he's the second most accurate kicker of all time. Um, but I know Browns fans were really wanting to sign him, but he really wanted to go to contender, and he finally found that with the Vikings. Uh, so that's going to help them a lot. The Browns, if the Browns can uh, 
fix their kicking game, I think they'd be 2-0. and I mean, if you really look at it, you really dive into it a little bit. Um, they they missed a couple kicks in the Steelers game, resulted in a tie. Then obviously they missed a ton of kicks last week that could have won in the game, tied it up at least, and went to overtime. Um, but they got to fix it. Zane Gonzalez looked rattled in that game. Hugh Jackson knew that I think he tried to help him out. It just wasn't working. Zane Gonzalez is a good kicker, but kicking is all is pretty much 80% mental, 20% talent. Um, and if you don't have a strong uh, mind, you don't have the mental strength to kick, you're not going to be able to do it well in the league. Um, and I think uh, it really showed us on Sunday. You know, he he has the talent, but he just can't do it. And once he once you miss one, it's it's hard to miss two. And once you miss one, it's likely you're gonna miss two. It's likely you're gonna miss the next one. And I think that's what also happened with the Vikings kicker. He missed one. Uh, we were watching that game. He missed one earlier. Uh, and I told Truman as they were driving down. I said, you know, I get it. They're really close. This is a chip shot kind of. But you gotta you gotta remember he missed the field goal, and those chances are he's gonna miss it again. Um, and most people compare kicking to a golf swing, you know, you just slowly get in a rhythm and, you know, once you do it a hundred times, it gets easier and easier and it's just like uh, muscle memory, but it's not like that at all. It's easy to mess up. You mess up the smallest thing, next thing you know, you're giving up a huge kick. You're missing a huge kick. Um, as far as Mason Crosby goes, he missed a 50, he made a 52 yarder, then missed it after they called timeout. Uh, again, same thing. You know, you gotta you gotta have a little bit more mental strength, and you gotta make it. But that's a tough kick, 52 yards. But he's got to make those. He's he's a paid kicker in the league. Um, he's paid to make those, and uh, obviously it would have won us the game if he would have made it. So that's it on kickers. Uh, kickers and special teams are interesting because a lot of people give hate on those positions, but they really don't deserve it because once those positions screw up, it's very 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 uh, annoying as a fan. Uh, so. I like I like look diving into the special teams a little bit. Maybe I'll do that a little bit more later on in the in the season. Uh, last storyline in the NFL: Carson Wentz, like I said, he'll be back next week. Cleared for contact, he'll be back. No more Nick Foles for a little while at least. Carson Wentz, the former MVP candidate, is back. Going to be interesting to see how he does uh, now that he is healthy. Let's move on to uh, college football real quick. We'll breeze by this. I know a lot of us are getting tired of football talk although i could talk about football all day um some of the storylines out of college football this week uh, obviously we're gonna go to wisconsin trim don't want me to talk about wisconsin well i'm gonna talk about wisconsin losing to a team like byu is tough especially at home you were oh, let's see if i can look this up real quick uh wisconsin was like heavy heavy favorites in this game uh, then Wisconsin was 23 point favorites in this game and they got, they got outplayed in all facets of this game. That is offensive line that Truman and the, all the other Wisconsin fans like to talk crap about looked rough. They did not look good. BYU is not a top tier program, but Wisconsin, to be fair, Truman doesn't like to say this, but Wisconsin's one of those programs that they're going to beat up the big 10 teams they're going to win the close games just because the way their team runs. But as soon as they get, you know, punched in the nose, as soon as they get playing a top 25, top ranked program, they're going to struggle because they just don't have the speed or the talent to compete uh, when they're down or to compete when they are, you know, facing a big tier program. They just can't do it. And Alex Hornerbrook, I don't know what Truman thinks. He's just not a good quarterback. Um, 
So I think that's a really big part as to why they lost that game. Uh, LSU-Auburn. LSU won 22-21. Huge game for my boy Joe Burrow uh, and one of my favorite coaches, Ed Ogeron. Uh, this is a coming out party for LSU. I think finally they've established themselves as I think the second best team in the SEC to Alabama. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see when they play each other later this year. I think Joe Burrow's an easy, uh, easy candidate for one of the top quarterbacks in the country right now. And I, I'm pissed that Ohio State had to get rid of him, but uh, he had to leave so Haskins could thrive. TCU, Ohio State looked a little rough. At the beginning, TCU's offense is fast. They are really fast, really quick, really up moving. Uh, but we were able to win 40 to 28 just based on you know Haskins settling down. First time ever playing a top tier program. Uh, he was able to settle down and really help to deliver us the win. Defense played a huge factor. Special teams played a huge factor. Everybody looked good. Uh, TCU looked solid. This team is not going to fall that far. I think they fell to 17 after they were 15th. And Ohio State, I think, deserves to be in contention for a top program, top four, top three, top two. Alabama, obviously, until they play somebody good, which they they probably will never play anybody good until they play LSU or Auburn, um, Alabama will just be number one because they like to beat up on those cupcake teams. Uh, But Ohio State should be right up there. I think they're better than Clemson. I think they're better than Georgia. But we'll see uh, when we get to the playoffs here in uh, January. Uh, Let me see. Let me go through the scores real quick. Texas beat... uh, Texas beat uh, USC. Big win for Tom Herman um, and his Texas Longhorns. That was a good, solid win for them. USC, I think, is struggling a lot. Uh, this offensive line is pretty bad. This defense is pretty bad. Um, even though they have a pretty good quarterback and a pretty good amount, pretty good crop of weapons around him. Uh, other than that, that's week three, college football. Urban Meyer is back next week. He'll be coaching the boys up at Tulane. Uh, Going to be pretty exciting to watch. Excited to see somebody who uh, is just one of the best, if not right up there with Saban as one of the best college football coaches. He'll be back. It's going to be interesting to see how, how he coaches the team versus how Ryan Day coached the team. Obviously, Urban had a lot of influence in that. Um, but Ryan Day, i got to give him credit. He did a great job. Instead, led the team to a 3-0 start, did exactly what he was asked of, and he is going to be a guy who gets a lot of uh, consideration for a, starting, uh, for a head coaching position next year come you know January, February. He's going to get a lot of consideration, I think, and he deserves it because he's a good head coach. Uh, but for that, we're going to move now to baseball. But before that, I wanted to remind you guys that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. So it took us about a half hour to get through all of that crazy football news over the weekend. Um, and we don't even talk about high school football uh, on Friday. So we had uh, a ton of football over the weekend. Playoff baseball is coming up. We're going to get into that in a second. But I want to remind you guys that don't waste your time doing your lawn, doing your shave, uh, mowing your lawn, picking up leaves, doing your bushes. Turn to A's Lawn Service, and trust me, he'll take care of all that. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Turn to A's. Trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. They do a great job. Don't waste your time, especially with all this exciting sports, all this stuff going on. Uh... Don't waste your time outside doing your lawn. Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 
330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.as at gmail.com. Lawnservice.as at gmail.com. Give them a call. Shoot them an email. Get a nice estimate of how long it's going to take or how much it's going to be to do your lawn up right. Uh, trust me, you will not find a lower or fairer price uh, for this quality work that you'll be getting um, to your home and to your lawn. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So let's get into baseball. Like we said, it's Tuesday, so it's obviously our Tuesday uh, rankings update, um, standings update. So again, not much has changed in terms of the AL. Uh, I was at the Indians game over the weekend. They clinched the division. Uh, Houston's the only team who still hasn't clinched yet, but that will be happening soon. Um, Obviously, like I said, still Boston, Houston, Cleveland uh, are the three main guys right now. That's not going to change. And then the Yankees and the A's in the wild card game still. Uh, the closest team is Tampa Bay at six and a half games. Um, they're not going to close that gap in the two weeks. Uh, so it's looking pretty clear now that uh, it's going to be those teams. It hasn't changed in the three, four weeks we've been looking at the standings. But again, National League, that keeps changing a little bit here there, and th- here and there. Cubs and the Brewers was 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 close. I think the Cubs finally kind of uh, extended that gap. Uh, it's, they're at two and a half games right now up over Milwaukee. Uh, so it's looking like it's going to be Cubs and Atlanta with the top two seeds. Um, then the Dodgers and the Colorado Rockies are flipping back and forth every single day. Uh, the Dodgers are up a half a game right now over the Rockies. So that's a really tight matchup because it's looking like the wild card is going to be the Brewers and the Cardinals. Um, so if Colorado wants to make the playoffs, they're going to have to beat the Dodgers. They're going to have to win that division. And if the Dodgers want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to make that division too. They're going to have to win that division too. Uh, and the Dodgers are going to be doing that with the help of Yasiel Puig, who put in a big game on Saturday, I believe, hitting three home runs, playing really well, leading them to a victory. Uh, he's going to have to keep that up if the Dodgers really want to continue to make some noise um, come uh, October if they want to make the playoffs. Um, so like I said, playoff baseball, we got two more weeks left. Uh, the Indians and the Red Sox and Houston's about to mail it in here too. Uh they're going to be spending these next couple of weeks just getting their team ready, getting it healthy. The Indians are waiting for Trevor Bauer to come back healthy um, and, you know, maybe give Josh Donaldson a little bit more rest. Uh, so this, the Indians have are in a unique situation because they've had this division locked up for like a month now. So they're finally able to kind of, uh, so they've been able to kind of set up their rotation the way they want. They can manage the lineup any way they want to see what they, you know, want to see so they can get their playoff roster ready to roll. Um, so that's why I think the Indians are going to be a pretty dangerous team, not just because I'm a fan of them, but I think they, they can make a run at this thing, and uh, I think that's going to help them out a lot. So, like I said, two more weeks left uh, until uh, the baseball, playoff baseball starts. We get the wild card games. Um it's going to be cool to see a wild card game at the Yankee Stadium and then maybe at Milwaukee, probably at Milwaukee. Um, but other than that, that's baseball. That's the that's the rankings update. It's going to get the Dodgers and the Rockies. That's going to get a little tight here over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be interesting. So keep a watch out for that. We'll obviously keep you updated. Basketball, our only story is Dwayne Wade. Uh, he decided he's going to be back again for his uh what season is it, 16th season this is going to be his last season with the heat one more year one more final ride he's going to do that uh kobe jeter tour uh where you walk around every single game and they give you different gifts and stuff like that uh then obviously his, his last game will be pretty emotional um but other than that 
it's cool to see Dwayne Wade come back. I think he has a little bit more left in the tank. I don't think he was ready to retire this year. Um, you know, obviously in that playoff game last year, he kind of turned back the clock a little bit, and I, I'd be really happy to see him do that again, you know, a couple times this year. Um, one of the all-time greats, Dwayne Wade is. Um, it's cool to see that he'll be back next year. It's a big help for the Heat because he obviously adds that veteran presence uh, to that lineup. So we're going to move now to our, uh, we have a segment, and then we have some question and answer. But before that, I want to remind you guys, our show has obviously always been brought to you by D's Home Cuts. Since, uh, what do you, when did he start this? I'd say uh, fall last year, so it's been about a year now. Dom has been cutting hair, and let me tell you, he's getting better every single time. These is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, these home cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut at these for the last couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every time you're going to go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut, and they get better every single time because Dom is always upgrading his equipment uh, so he can give you the best haircut and the best experience possible. Um, Obviously, like I said, seven dollars. I've paid. I've heard people pay, you know, way more than seven dollars for a haircut. It's very rare to find a haircut for under ten dollars, uh, especially as you get older and you want it styled a different way. But seven dollars for Dom, uh, it's the cheapest haircut you'll ever find, and it's one of the best haircuts you'll ever get uh, in your lifetime. So go on to his Twitter or his Instagram. I recommend his Instagram. It's at D's Home Cuts. Um, you, know, you can DM him for an appointment, set it, or you just set it up directly in the bio. Uh, you can look at a bunch of videos on um, past cuts. Just check them out. Uh, even if you are just a little bit interested, go ahead and check them out because uh, it's it's a great experience, and you'll never find a better cut. Uh, so other than that, check them out. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So, like I said, a little bit back to football here. Got a new segment. This is called the Jameis Winston Worry Meter. So I'd say last week, Fitzpatrick played really well. He beat the Saints, put up 47. And it moved the needle a little bit for, for Winston. Should he be a little worried? He, no, but he should start to think about it a little bit. He should start to think, maybe I should start you know, worrying a little bit that Fitzpatrick might take my job because that's what he does. He comes into situations and plays extremely well and takes the job. Um he comes in as a backup and just slowly starts to play really well. So, it was a little bit worried last week. But after last week's game, this week's game versus the uh, Eagles, Jameis Winston should be full-on panic mode uh, if I were him. James, Ryan Fitzpatrick came out throwing dimes to Deshaun Jackson, something Jameis Winston never did last year. Uh, he finally was able... Ryan Fitzpatrick, he, he kind of came into this home Let's just say, for example, and was looking around and saw saw this nice new, you know, Porsche in the garage that wasn't even used, never even ridden in, um, has barely any mileage on it, uh, but it's one of the one of the most exciting cars to drive, and that is Deshaun Jackson, and he busted it out. He took it all up and down the highway, um, and he really showed the league that Deshaun Jackson has a lot left in the tank, um, was something Jameis Winston never did, and. Uh, Everyone's starting to ask the question now. He came out after the game, popped the chest here open, wearing the gold chain and the jacket and the sunglasses, looking like an absolute stud. This is my guy if I'm the Buccaneers fans. I'm riding and dying behind him. I know he's done this in the past, but he looks great. I see, if he wins um, the next game, they go to the bye week. I believe, Oh, no, they play one more game. Uh, if he wins the next game, does the same thing, Jameis Winston will be back, but I think there's no way Dirk Cutter can sit uh 
Ryan Fitzpatrick after a game like that. Um, and then you got, uh, I mean, that's Thursday night is week four. So obviously that will be the first game Jameis is able to come back. And I think you got to start Fitzpatrick there if they're 3-0. and And then they got the bye week. If they're 4-0 and at the bye week and Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick is playing the way he's been playing, there's no way you can sit uh, a guy like that. There's no way. Jameis Winston at his best is half of what Ryan Patrick has been the last couple. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been the last couple weeks, um, and I am so excited uh, to continue to watch him. He's so much fun to watch. He's made the Bucks relevant again. Uh, they're two and zero. They wouldn't be two and zero, I think, with Jameis Winston, uh, and that's something to think of. So. The worry meter right now for Jameis Winston is at, is at an all-time level, and I would start to uh, – I'm not in full-blown panic yet, but I'm starting to worry just a little bit. Uh, so just keep that in mind for next week. Uh, but we're going to move now to questions and answers. So uh, we got a lot of questions here. we got four questions submitted by the viewers. Uh, we're going to get right into it. First question we got onto the board is submitted by a viewer. What is our thoughts on the Clay Matthews hits? What am I? What is my thought on the Clay Matthews hit? Uh, obviously, I think it's straight up crap. Um, if you really look at the tape, there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, they ruled it a pass interference because I guess they are stating that Clay Matthews picked Kirk Cousins up somehow and uh, dropped him. But it does and drove him into the ground. But it doesn't make any sense because how do you pick somebody up when there's clearly the video you see, he's not even coming off his feet. That doesn't make any sense. So, how are we supposed to play football? How are pass rushers supposed to play football if they can't tackle the quarterback? Do you know how difficult it is to stop your feet once you see that ball uh, leaving his hands? Once you dive, it's virtually impossible to avoid the quarterback. Um, and I get it. You want to protect the quarterbacks because quarterbacks, it's really hard to watch an NFL team when they don't have a good quarterback. And when you know when Aaron Rodgers went down last year, the Packers became kind of unwatchable. Um, so I get why they did it. But it's still, it's very difficult. That was such a crappy call on the NFL's part. Um, you're going to start to see more of this. Uh, Mike Daniels in the game, uh, Packers game, he, Kirk Cousins pump faked the ball, and Mike Daniels just stopped. He had a direct sack on him, but he just stopped because he thought he threw the ball. Um, and then he started to run down field a little bit. Then he realized that Kirk Cousins didn't actually throw the ball, and Kirk Cousins avoided his sack just because he pump faked, and Mike Daniels stopped because they don't want to hit the guy. They don't want to get the 15-yard penalty. So my rule, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I think the NFL needs to fix this. I think it's going to be fixed in the offseason. They're not going to fix it anytime soon. Uh, because how are we supposed to figure out you know, what is a clean hit and what is not a clean hit when there's just such blurred lines between the two? Um, and then you really need to figure it out because it's getting sort of hard to watch NFL football uh, if things like this are going to happen. So like I said, the Packers should have won that game. It should have been an easy uh, call. Just don't pull the flag out. If it's, if it's a blurred, um, if the refs aren't sure you know, what to call here, just don't call it because no call I think is almost better than a call nowadays with this sort of uh, roughing the passer type of thing. Next question we got is, should the Browns put in Baker Mayfield? No, I get it. The offense is struggling. Tyrod Taylor is not looking great, but that's what you get in Tyrod Taylor. You get a consistent quarterback. He's not going to turn it over. Uh, I think Todd Haley needs to start throwing the ball a little bit more. Uh, Tyrod Taylor has a good arm. You saw that with the pass to Antonio Callaway. I think the Browns would be 2-0 if they had some competent kicking. Uh, So I can't say all these losses are blamed on the offense. 
But every single year, Browns fans, it's the same exact thing. You guys draft a quarterback. You say, okay, we're going to let him sit. We're going to let Cody Kessler start. We're going to let Brian Hoyer start the year. We're going to let Tyrod Taylor start the year. And next thing you know, we're through two to three weeks, and the quarterback that you want to start the whole year starts to struggle a little bit. So everybody starts clamoring to start the rookie who showed out a little bit in preseason versus second and third strings. Um, so then eventually it gets to a point where the where the coach just says, screw it, and he throws out uh, that rookie quarterback, and he struggles, and it ruins his career. And then next thing you know, fans are done with him by the end of the season, and we're on to the next uh draft class uh, rookie quarterbacks. Don't put Baker Mayfield in. Don't make the same mistake again. You screwed up Johnny Manziel. You screwed up Kaiser. You screwed up Brady Quinn. Don't make the mistake. Let Tyrod Taylor start these next 14 games. Let him finish this out like you're supposed to. Let him get his snaps in. Let Baker Mayfield get the experience that he needs. And next thing you know, you'll have him fresh Baker Mayfield next season. One year of NFL under his belt. And it's just going to work wonders for you. Look what happened with Aaron Rodgers. It worked really well. It's worked a little it worked a little bit with Jared Goff. Uh, even though he only said about eight games, it worked a little bit. Um and look at Pat Mahomes. He sat a whole year, and that worked wonders for him. He even said that if he, if he wouldn't have sat one year, uh, he wouldn't have. Uh, he doesn't think he'd be as good as he is now. Uh, so sit him. Just relax. Have some patience. Trust the process. Hugh Jackson, I think, is going to get the axe here soon if they don't start to win some games. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to start in due time. Just give it a year. Give it a couple more. Give it 14 more games, Browns fans. Now, the, the second point, should the Cardinals put in Rosen? Yes, because I think that's a different situation. Uh, I think Rosen's a guy who can start in this league right away. I don't think he needs a year. I think a year always helps. Uh, but Sam Bradford is just not getting the job done at all, unlike Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod is getting the job done a little bit. Uh, but Sam Bradford is just not doing well at all. And I think uh, it's time to put Rosen in, see what you have in Josh Rosen. Uh I think Larry Fitzgerald, that injury hurts, and it's just been, it's just, it's just going to be a rough season for him. This is his last year, and he's just going to go through a terrible losing season uh, with Sam Bradford. I think signing Sam Bradford in the first place was dumb. I don't know why teams keep giving him an NFL contract. Um, it's time, just hang it up. Get put Sam Bradford on as a second string. He's a backup quarterback now, and give Rosen the keys and let him run this offense. They got good weapons with Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, solid. Ricky Seals Jones is a good tight end, and uh, obviously David Johnson's a top five running back when he is uh, used the correct way. So give him the ball, let him run with things, let Rosen take things over. So wrap it up. Start bake. Don't start Baker. Sit him for the rest of the season behind Tyrod. Start Rosen. Uh, put Sam Bradford behind him and let Josh Rosen take the keys for the rest of the season. It's a different situation, Browns fans. As much as you don't like to admit it, it's just how how it's supposed to go. Next game. Uh, no, that's it. Actually, that's all our question and answers. So that's it for our show today. That's the end of our show. I want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Uh, we ask that you go onto iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12, uh, where you can, every day before the show, every day before the show, so Wednesdays and mo- Mondays and Wednesdays, we, uh, post you know different things about the show what you should expect on the show um we talk uh our twitter is where you can dm us for if you want to be a guest uh we need some more guests now uh if you want to be 
If you have any questions to submit us that will be answered on the show, comments, concerns, whatever, send us uh, there through the DMs. Like I said, our DMs are always open. Instagram, you can follow us on there, although we haven't posted in a while. Um, follow us on YouTube, too. Subscribe to us so you don't have to miss an episode if you can't listen to us on iTunes. Uh, listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 12, from 7 to 8 a.m., uh, 12OunceSports.com. Uh, other than that, have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. We're going to go through week three NFL action, Do give our picks. Uh, we're going to have somebody on to help help us break down each game. Don't know who it's going to be yet, uh, so stick, stay tuned on Twitter for that. Other than that, though, have a great day, and tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.